Hello, everybody. This is another episode of Hole in the Air. And we are tonight, it is nighttime when we're recording this, at least. Uh, we're doing one of our series of episodes on Democratic clubs. Um, we will, in the future, no doubt, be doing episodes on non-democratic clubs, by which I mean at the very least some of the uh, organizations that uh, are associated with the word resistance and that often work hand-in-hand hand with democratic clubs. There are some great folks, and oftentimes the membership uh, covers, there's an overlap. But democratic clubs are really interesting, I think. Uh, they're both independent and informal in a lot of ways, and yet they do fall into the, uh, into the structure of the in our case, the L.A. County Democratic Party. So um, we've done a couple different episodes so far, which we will always encourage people to check out, uh, episodes with club leadership of one club or another. Uh, this particular episode, we're really delighted to have Nick Schultz here. Or is it Nicholas? Nick's perfectly fine. Nick's Thank perfectly you very much fine. for having me. Uh, I'm joined. This is Paul Michael Newman, if I didn't say that. We're joined by Renee Nahum of our... She's the more steadfast and true member of this uh, <laughs> podcast recording team. Uh, Nick is the president of Democrats for Neighborhood Action, yeah. which is a great uh, is an acronym, whatever, DNA. Yeah, yep, we go by um, DNA. So the club's DNA is literally DNA. DNA. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that's all you need to know, folks. Next week. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, so Nick... Um, why don't we start by uh, we want to focus on the club of course but let's sure. let's first uh introduce you who you are uh so uh, as i said you're the president you've been the president for how long uh, gosh i've been the president for about a year and a half and tonight actually i'm up for nomination to serve one more term uh so we'll see what happens so if you hate this episode you jump, <laughs> jump into your time machine come back or love it and cast your vote one way or the other that's um, right but first, you'd have to join the club. You'd have to be a member for how long? So we actually just changed it. Um, for the longest time, we had a 30-day requirement. And then before recently... You before vote. you can actually vote. 30 exactly. Of being, a, of being a member. Exactly. And so just this year, we actually increased that to 60 days. So if you come uh, and you sign up to be a club member... You know, you'll have to wait about two months, but then you'll be able to start voting uh, for any matter of business. Um, the other thing you can do is we also have a new website, so you can also sign up to uh, do your membership all online right there. And the website is? dna-kdem.com. The DNA is for the club. KDEM yes. is California Democratic, Democratic Party. Party. Yeah. Party. And DNA is one of the older clubs, aren't they? How long have they been in existence? Oh, fantastic question. Yeah, the, the club was formed around 1992, and it was really formed at a time when, as you both of you know, that area of Los Angeles was a pretty red area with some purple leanings. And so it was really organized around electing Barbara Boxer and um, a lot of the uh, kind of blue wave that was just beginning to form out there. And they have had a lot of uh, notable accomplishments. Paul Krikorian's had some success, of course, in that part of town. Uh, Congressman Schiff were all very very happy to have him representing us. So, not an unknown. At this not point. not an unknown by any stretch. Um, so, since you said that area, why don't we describe briefly the, the sure. communities that are, uh, yeah, a part of the realm of DNA. 
Well, I would say for the longest time, it was Los Feliz, Silver Lake, and Echo Park, those neighborhoods. That's really the core of DNA. But in the la- at least in my tenure as president, we've really strengthened our relations with the San Fernando Valley. So we have more members coming to us from Studio City and Van Nuys. Um, we also have fo- a couple members from Glendale, Atwater Village. So we're kind of slowly expanding our territory. And I should take this as a time to plug our sister club, East Area Progressive Democrats. They're a bit newer, but um, they bring so much energy and passion. And that's why we always, every year we have a holiday party in December and we do a joint event. And and truth in advertising, uh, if that's the phrase, (laughs) uh, Renee and I are both members of that club. Not yet, although doubtless we will become members of uh, Democrats for Neighborhood Action. We'd love to have you. But uh, we're actually... I think it's fair to say co-founders of uh, the ACRA Progressive Democrats and mm-hmm. he's uh, currently vice chair. Vice president. Vice president. Yeah. Um, um. Well, then that means the vice chair slot must be vacant. So <laughs> like if there was such a beast. Um, you mentioned those areas uh, turning blue. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's certainly true, though it's also worth noting that, that there's – historically been a radical presence in Echo Park and so like and so doubtless as those uh, neighborhoods as those communities have evolved over the years um, you still have I think for a democratic club I'm guessing I'm asking mm-hmm. a, a, an interesting interplay between called more mainstream Democrats uh, in California they're going to be liberal pretty much right. no matter what right uh, and maybe some of the more well these, in this day and age we talk about Bernie uh, supporters and or even you know, farther to the, whatever farther out of the mainstream or more right. new to the party and not necessarily being that uh, overwhelmed by being part of a of a, mm-hmm. a, a, a a part of a political party apparatus if you will. One of the great things about Democratic clubs is that they can be very comfortable neighborhood, grassroots types of entities, more the framework than than any kind of rigid structure, but the framework that people can come together and meet and the the enabling mechanism so that people can get stuff done. Yeah, Um, I agree. How does your club – I have babbled, so I apologize, but how does the club – work in terms of having that mix of people if that mix is there. Absolutely. That, that I, It's actually funny that you asked that because I was honestly thinking about that on the way over, how tough it is to be a club president or a club vice president or whatever the role is nowadays. Because um, I, I think it, I would imagine it would be a little different story if you were the chair of, let's say, L.A. County Young Dems, where you have folks from across the county, but kind of from the same walks of life and maybe even a similar political perspective. But when you have these clubs that are more geographically defined, you're right. I mean, in, in our club, we have we, we run the gamut from folks that were Hillary and now Biden supporters to at least one member who is pretty open and honest with me. And I, I'm glad that he is. And he says, I don't really identify as a Democrat. I view the Democratic Party as a vehicle to effectuate the change that I want to see. And so for us, we try to keep, you know, we're a big tent party and we try to find room for everyone. And I think that Part of the way that we have done that 
is really emphasizing the neighborhood aspect of our name, Democrats for Neighborhood Action. It is important to pay attention to what's happening in Congress and what's happening nationally and even on the state level, but we never try to lose sight of the fact that we should be going to uh, LACC and you know signing up people to register to vote. Or even tonight at our meeting, we're having a Thanksgiving supply drive. Mm-hmm. One of our members uh, volunteers at the uh, at Juvenile Hall and is part of putting on their Thanksgiving meal, which will be this weekend. So we've organized an opportunity for folks just to bring in plates and cups and treats to eat. So I think we just try to balance it by whatever your passion is, there's a place and a time to do it. And so we just try to have a really diverse portfolio of what we're working on at any time. And what do you have um, plans coming up for the 2020 election? That's that's a great question. I mean, I would say... um, we're kind of tackling it from two different ways. On the one hand, we really want to capture the energy around the presidential race. So we're having debate watch parties and we're linking up with other clubs for that. But as far as our action steps, we have a lot of really competitive local races and seats that we need to defend. I mean, as you both know, whether it's Katie Hill's seat to the north or even Mike Levin's seat to the south. So we'll be linking up with Orange County Democrats, uh, Dipsiv, uh, anyone who's really running a campaign office. I wouldn't say that our club's really big enough to have our own office, but to the extent that we can have a few days of action and send folks to the Dipsiv campaign office to make call for these crucial seats, that's probably the centerpiece of our 2020 strategy. Mm-hmm. What is the membership currently of the, of the club? Do you have a yeah, I would say on paper, we have about somewhere between two and 300 members. But you know, every month, it, it kind of fluctuates. Tonight, for example, we are considering endorsements for the open LAUSD school board seat and for Los Angeles City Council District four. So um, if, if history is a good measure, we may have close to 100 people tonight. But you know, then we have quieter months where we might be down to about you know, 30 or 40 regular members. And it just kind of depends on what's on, what's on the agenda. So two things. One is we mentioned before the, the timeline, which you said you've changed for uh, how long people must be members before they can actually participate in terms of voting. And we didn't explain this, but we've discussed this in the past. The reason, of course, is that you would have uh, with a lot of clubs, if they had same day uh, joining up, you'd have campaigns, that wanted the endorsement of this or that Democratic club, buying membership for a lot of people who might show up that one time, uh, or you know, whether they're buying it or they're they're asking volunteers and staffers to, to buy member uh, to become members of, of a club, and then they're there that one night, that one meeting, and you probably never see them again. And again, there's to be fair, there's some virtue to that because the clubs uh, gain gain resources. That's true. Uh, your, your membership is what does it cost at this point? It's twenty five for an individual, forty for a family, and that right. covers the whole year. So, so when you have uh, an influx of membership of new membership, uh, then you have more resources to do things that involve campaigning. May, uh, maybe you have mm-hmm. uh, whether it's uh, a phone bank or flyers or what have you, slate right. cards. Um, that's of benefit, but at the same time, it's kind of quirky and questionable at times right. to see a, an endorsement boil down to 
who's shown up who will never show up again. Mm-hmm. And so personally, Renee and I certainly uh, applaud what your club's done. We like to see when there's enough advanced time for people to actually be a part of a club, uh, not mm-hmm. just for the, uh, the not not just a one night fling, so to speak, but right. but to actually uh, to be to show some sense of continuity about uh, their belonging to the club. In terms of the the neighborhood emphasis of uh, Democrats for Neighborhood Action, that too is something that uh, one reason we wanted to do this. Uh, this early in our mm-hmm. uh, occasional foray into uh, podcast episodes focusing on clubs is because of the neighborhood aspect. Um, I know, as you, I think, know, Renee and I are also past co-chairs of our neighborhood council, which is mm-hmm. nonpartisan. We uh, oversee, I think it's first founded and oversee a very large uh, neighborhood watch. Uh, it's not the first time we've done that. We do other neighborhood community things. So again, much, much of it nonpartisan. And I believe you're a member of your uh, neighborhood council i was and uh i had to give up that position because i now sit on the central area planning commission for los angeles but i'm happy to report that we have another club member who decided to run and he is continuing the tradition and i'd like to have us at least have at least one maybe even two members on one of the neighborhood councils because not only is it beneficial for us it gets our name out there they also bring things back and they let us know what the neighborhood councils are working on you know what issues are most mm-hmm. important what we can be organizing around what events we mm-hmm. can be supporting them at so it's a great two-way street i, I really appreciate you saying that because that's something and, and we've we've been involved for many years off and on in neighborhood council life uh and it's very instructive. People don't realize this. Sometimes they just think, well, you know, they, they want to get elected so they can uh, provide their own perspective. Right. And when you talk about, gee, when you have folks who are involved in politics, obviously they're accustomed to certain kind of activism and awareness. Uh, they've been educated in a bunch of issues uh, in all likelihood, and they're a good source of, of uh, p- potential neighborhood council uh, leadership, mm-hmm. uh, of course, you have to sort of run to get elected to those things, <laughs> True, those posts. But it's it's not a one-way street. And it's really great that people, uh, once they're, you know, let's say they're in labor mm-hmm. or they're mm-hmm. in a, a, this po- political the Democratic Party, let's say. It's great that they get exposed to uh, other perspectives, other issues, mm-hmm. that we do what we can uh, to become less uh I don't want to say tribal, less in our own, what's the phrase, cones or... Like our, our own bubble, right? Our own bubble. Yeah. bubble. And, <laughs> Very and, easy to do. <laughs> and, of course, neighborhood councils can fall into that trap, too. Sure. Um, but the more, the greater, the the, the vaster, the, the variety, the mix, uh, I think the better. And I think then it does, in many ways, it, it has a, an enriching influence. Uh, what are some of the uh, issues, the, the local neighborhood kinds of concerns that... People do talk about at a meeting of Democrats for Neighborhood Action. Well, I would say one of the more frequent topics, I I neglected to mention, we actually have two members who are on neighborhood councils, Hmm. and one is on the neighborhood council in Van Nuys, and one is on the neighborhood council in Los Feliz. And I can tell you, 
Yeah, exactly, Renee. I mean, yeah. the, the concerns that they have are like night and day. But one topic in particular, um, Maria Skelton, who's on the Van Nuys Neighborhood Council, she would also be a great person to do a podcast with yeah. in the future. Um, in, in her community, there is a lot of concern about the relationship between law enforcement and the people that live in her community. And so they do a lot of events um, aimed at bringing law enforcement out, whether it's a cook-off or a softball game. And so mm-hmm. even if it's just getting us to come out and not only support what they're trying to do, but talk to people about voter registration. That's a perspective that we sitting in Los Feliz and Silver Lake may not be thinking about. But for folks in Van Nuys, mm-hmm. the relationship with law enforcement is a big part of their daily lives. That's how it enriches our club meetings. So Interesting. You, the club uh, obviously focuses on politics and, and, and I'm sure discusses right now, as we speak, there's a little matter of an impeachment uh, <laughs> uh, that's... Now you're getting into my president's report for tonight. That's uh, <laughs> probably going to, uh, I was going to say, probably get discussed at, at pretty much any Democratic club Absolutely. Meeting, if only in passing. There's the presidential... There, last night, as this is now November 20th? 21st. 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 Um, last night was a, a presidential or a Democratic... Uh, Debate, mm-hmm. and so all these things are getting discussed. But uh, but there's also, as you said, a focus on local issues, and and even though sometimes people who are not Democrats uh, uh, mock Democrats for being bleeding heart liberals and the like, um, whatever terms are fashionable these days in those circles, there is the simple fact that people care about the homeless, right. people care about uh, the vulnerable. People care about protecting and enhancing the rights of people. Mm-hmm. When I want to say people care about this, I you know I, I think people don't have to belong to Democratic clubs or the Democratic right. Party to care about such things. But those are certainly high priorities, pretty much for anyone who's an active Democrat. Yeah. Um, so my assumption is that the, your club also probably uh, we're coming up to holiday season, so there might conceivably be a toy drive this or, or yeah. tr- food drive that or whatever. Yep. Um, and and so you know it, it's worth it to note that there's that kind of uh, of. Uh, Willingness to entertain more than just what's on the front page of Absolutely. the of the newspaper to the extent newspapers still exist. Um, well, and Paul, what I what I would add to that because I, I sorry I didn't answer your first question, which was a little bit more about me. But the, I, I think the where, why I'm bringing that up now is that when I took over being president. I wanted to bring kind of my view on life in, into the role because I was about. 40 years junior, the, the prior president. So it was quite a, um, uh, quite a shift in, in viewpoint. Um, but by day, I'm an attorney that works for the state of California. And as if I weren't already, um, you know, doing enough public service, I'm involved in a variety of these clubs. And what I wanted to bring to this club in particular was that you know, to the extent that we have the time and the luxury of being able to get together and meet and talk about these issues, I think it's also important that we give back. And, it, it, you know, even if it's just bringing food supplies to tonight's meeting or doing a toy drive at our holiday party that we'll be doing with the EAPD, which I love and I think that's a great idea, I think we can do both. I think we can advocate for the issues that we care about while also remembering that we also do have privilege and that we can do more than we're currently doing just to make a little bit of difference in people's lives. So so more about you now. You, you <laughs> yeah. explain you're an attorney. Uh, you work for the state of California. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kinds of issues uh, 
full range or any so focus? My current assignment is the fraud and special prosecution section. So it's a uh, criminal prosecution role uh, for the I, attorney general. I'm running out of the room as we speak. No, just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I promise I'm off the clock. <laughs> so we, um, my, my section specializes in, in white collar prosecution. So tax evasion, tax fraud, uh, environmental fraud, uh, recycling mm. fraud. It could be uh, any anything. Senior under the fraud. We have a lot of elder abuse cases elder abuse. that are right, yeah. and we actually have a whole section devoted to just that. This is, is this, may I ask the office of the Attorney General Becerra? It is, Becerra. Yep, Javier Becerra. Yeah. Um, and then the other big part of what we do, so our name is fraud, which sort of is self-explanatory, and then we have special prosecutions. So we have a human trafficking coordinator, and we work to prosecute human traffickers uh, that both cross into and affect human trafficking in the state of California. So... It's incredibly important work, and folks don't realize that California is a hotbed for human trafficking, um, and it's one of the fastest-growing crimes in the world. Is it in particular in Los Angeles or across the state or or not particularly in Los Angeles compared to other areas? While I'm not an expert, I would say it certainly is across the state, but we do see very hard-hit communities here in Los Angeles and in San Diego. Um, But I I would say that there's a prevalence around the state of California. And the other thing to think about human trafficking is that there's many different types of human trafficking. People typically jump to um, you know, sex trafficking, Mm -hmm. but there's also labor trafficking. Mm -hmm. And so we see folks coming from around the world and finding them in those situations here. So I would imagine that under the new administration, while I can't speak for Attorney General Becerra, I think that you're going to see greater prioritization, more resources going to fighting human trafficking and other you know, causes that he feel are really important. How about wage theft? Is that something that falls into your office? Absolutely. Uh, disability insurance, fraud mm-hmm. claims. I mean, it can really run the gamut. <laughs> so there's a, a lot of exploitation in this world, some of it more brutal and, and, uh, right. and demeaning than, than others. It's never good. Mm-hmm. But um, so so you get a dose of that, and then for fun and frolic, you come here and do a podcast episode, and then you run off to to chair a meeting that's, that's going to be probably contentious because some of the because endorsement is. procedures can be heated uh, as well as exhilarating and informing because uh, it's really a great way for candidates uh, to to get a taste of what people think. Absolutely. Who are active and often very knowledgeable. Um, where, where are you? Where were you born? Are you a local? I was born in San Diego, and then when my folks, uh, when I was about five years old, they were splitting up. So um, we moved back to Portland, Oregon, where my mom's family was from, and so I, I grew up there. I went to high school and college there, and then in 2016, uh, my well, then my that time, actually, my girlfriend, I proposed to her when we moved down here. Uh, we, we moved down to Los Angeles when I took a, a position with the Department of Justice. And I should mention, before I, I came into this criminal prosecution section, I was actually working in a section called Health Quality Enforcement, which is sort of a licensing and regulatory section that is um, making sure that doctors and physician assistants and other healthcare practitioners are practicing to the highest standard of care. It's really a patient mm-hmm. safety task force, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, and so we've been here ever since and just getting more and more uh, involved in the community. So what made, what was it that made you decide to be an activist that you are to really delve into the whole political structure? I guess I, to be honest, it just, it's always been a part of 
who I am, and I never really imagined doing anything else. Um, I, I come from fairly modest beginnings. Uh, neither of my parents you know, graduated from a four-year college. or you know, My dad was a mechanic. My mom was a legal assistant who just took some courses at community college. And um, I just felt very privileged to be able to not only go to college, but to go to law school and to have the job that I have. And it just came back to my mentality of, I have so much. And, you know, really at the, on behalf of the work that my family and everyone else has done to put me where I am today. And I think that while I feel, you know, very humbled and very happy with my life and what I'm doing, I think there's a sense of responsibility to give back and do whatever I can, whether it's helping people or raising awareness about certain issues or just just getting people involved and in trying to deconstruct a really cryptic and complicated process, which can be politics and the Democratic Party at times. Um, yeah, I wish I had a better answer. It just it's always no, something no, that's that a great I, answer. As as um, as much as I mangle language at times and communications, um, I, I think the the biggest loss a lot of times in terms of people feeling comfortable about. I'll say owning their society, being part of it, but feeling like they have a claim to it. Uh, sometimes the biggest problem is the uh, the, the unnecessary uh, mystification of it, uh, the obfuscation that's, that's involved. And sometimes it's just done as a matter of convenience and even shallowness on the part of people who have the responsibility for being diligent and, and letting people know where they stand. Uh I mean, sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes it's just people forgetting that the folks they're talking to or communicating with really often have a need to know mm-hmm. where they stand, what things mean, and how, how to accomplish change or protect their neighborhoods, if that's what it is. And to feel like they to be left feeling like they're in a Twilight Zone or a Kafka novel mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, it's unfortunate. It just happens too often. So um, I don't think it's. Uh, I think it's a really the perfect answer to to uh, hear people say that they want people to uh, to understand uh, the workings of government and society and and politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really something that democratic clubs should. Be uh, each meeting, each and every meeting, I think, should be upholding and and practicing, mm-hmm. um, including as a matter of, of self discipline, uh, just so we don't forget, we don't fall out of the habit of of, of uh, right. saying what things stand for when we use initials and when we use terminology, and and really just 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 being as clear as we can, uh, even for those of us who are muddled as a matter of of uh, lifetime practice we it's just a question of, of fighting that tendency and right. and just making sure that things are, are understood not to be out of reach so thank you for that um you know i, I do want to say uh, we are to some extent limited in terms of these uh podcast episodes by the numbers of of microphones we can use uh <laughs> i know you've you've made clear that you're proud of uh of uh, the the entire leadership of the club, past and present, absolutely, and also the members who can be very outspoken and active. Uh, it's that not every member shows up to every meeting mm-hmm. uh, is really uh, is a good thing in the sense that people have busy lives 
And they are doing many things. And it is a tough choice what you do right. uh, and how you time your, 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 your day and night to maximize it. And, you know, I mean, it, yeah, of course it's wonderful to have people who show up every meeting. But what really matters the most, I think, is that they show up when it counts, which might be the, the one time when everyone's folding envelopes and looking right. stamps. I mean, it can be something as boring as that. It's not always the exciting meetings. You want people to, to know that they're needed when they're needed and yeah. that they're always wanted, yeah. uh, but that it's understood they're not going to be there every time. That's my take. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think that in an ideal world, you know, our club meetings are sort of – they're an opportunity to collect resources and, and build your toolkit. And, you know, if you have to miss a club meeting because you're going to be fighting the latest push for charter schools in our community, I mean, I want you to miss that meeting. I want you to go back out into the community and make a difference. Come back to us when you have some downtime and we'll, we'll re-energize, we'll, re, we'll regroup. But I think it's as much about coming to the meeting and bringing stuff for the club, but it's also about taking a toolkit out there mm-hmm. and making a difference mm-hmm. when you can. And while the club can have some say and some sway on stuff, I don't know, resolutions. Sure. When legislation is being proposed or initiatives or the endorsements, the stances of a club does get heard get uh, by the party proper, if you will. Absolutely. But what's really critical mass is that it's a grassroots presence and that the doors are wide open. I'm, I'm assuming that... Uh, I, don't, I know different clubs have different rules about uh, party about being members of party. Is that, is that yeah, true? Yeah, but That's, they to be chartered with the um, California Democratic right. Party, um, there are certain rules. Right, I believe be chartered. You, right, you, you have, have to, to be, be a Democrat, Democrat or, or going to be a Democrat. Uh, right, if like if you're a naturalized citizen, if you're not a naturalized citizen, but you're going to be, right, you can join a club and. Right. And say, yeah. What, it, what if you're not old enough yet to be a registered voter? Uh, that, at least the way I've interpreted our bylaws, you're absolutely more than welcome. Yes. Because I think it's in the same vein of even if you're not technically a registered Democrat for whatever the reason might be right, right. now, if your intent is... is if that your s- intent. Exactly. As soon as you are eligible that you're going to register as a Democrat, mm-hmm. I think we got to be a big tent party. Throw the doors That's open right. and get everyone in. Mm-hmm. And as far as the dialogue goes... Uh, you're always happy to talk to anybody about the issues of the day. Absolutely. Uh, and they're open meetings. Anyone is welcome to come anybody. if they're a member or not a member. Absolutely. And in fact, I mean, if there's anyone who ends up listening to this podcast mm-hmm. and is interested in Democrats for Neighborhood Action or any club for that matter, I'm always happy, and I have done it before, to meet people for coffee and just explain the complexities of, mm-hmm. you know, what about these neighborhood clubs? How is that different from the Democratic Party of the San Fernando Valley? And how does the county party fit, in, the county central mm-hmm. committee fit? into all this and what about the uh, state party delegates it's a complicated system very that i've learned over the last three years and i do not i certainly don't know as much as either of you but the important thing is that whatever knowledge i do have i think again it goes back to this sense of responsibility to pass that on so one more time uh can you tell us the website? Of um, course. It's uh, DNA, Democrats for Neighborhood Action, dash KDEM, C-A-D-E-M, uh, that's for California Democratic uh, Party, dot com. And so thank you, Nick Schultz, the, the president of uh, Democrats for Neighborhood Action. I will say, since this is audio only, uh, we're blessed with the visual uh, uh, presence of, of Nick, who is... Right now, given he's worked a busy day and he's going off to chair, what would be a, a hectic uh, 
passionate, probably somewhat contentious meeting. Late night. Uh, late night. <laughs> He he seems the one of the and and we're, again we're in an era of time when we're all frantically listening to watching the news and tearing our hair out to some extent if we have it. Um, he is uh, really the least stressed out person I, I I've seen who's a Democrat <laughs> these days. And uh, you agree, Renee? Yeah, he's he's looks, calm. The yeah. demeanor That's is really yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not placid. Kind. Looks dashing. It's not placid. Yeah. It looks yeah. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's very. Uh, kind. Energetic, but you don't look as us. We look disheveled, and yeah. no, not at all. Beat up, moribund, distressed. We I are like that battle better. tested. There we go. So, so Nick, uh, thanks again. We thank all the membership uh, and leadership of of the club, and those who have been there before. Uh, oh, how long have you, been, have you been a member? By the way. Since I moved here in March 2016, so maybe okay. April 2016. So it's also what one of the wonderful things about these clubs is that you can join, and and it's not the good clubs, the clubs at their best. Most clubs, you're not you're welcomed, and you're you can instantly quickly become a, a key part of a club. It's not absolutely. Uh, it's it's not often that a club falls victim to being insular. The whole point of these clubs is that they are to be welcoming presences in the community, uh, sources of information, insight, uh, but also that they are a place, a gateway, if you will, for people who want to become active in especially progressive politics for the Democrats yep. in this region. And so we encourage anybody to do exactly what Nick suggested, which is uh, check out the website of his club, but also f- find out if you're in another community, another region, even another state, find out what other clubs there might be and uh, give them a whirl and, uh, and, and uh, make your presence known. So thank you, everyone. And thank you, Nick. Oh, well, thank you both so much for having me. Really appreciate being here. Have a good meeting and duck, good anything, that's, <laughs> duck anything that's thrown your way. Thank you. I just might need it. Okay. <laughs> thank you for joining us for this podcast. You can share a comment, question, or idea by emailing us at slenunciator at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more of our podcasts at slenunciator.com. Wherever you may be, have a lovely day. Thank mm-hmm. you.